What's up, what's up, Illini Nation? Welcome into another edition of Locked On Illini right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ricky Widmer, and I am back like I am every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network to talk to you about our beautiful Illinois fighting Illini. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at both the basketball team and the football team kind of taking a look at Things for basketball following the win over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors on Monday and then taking a look at the game tonight as we play the Citadel in our fifth game of the season. And then we're going to round things out with football. Kind of some thoughts I have about the Illinois fighting Illini, what Lovey Smith said going into the Iowa game, but also... The big thing, can we still win the Big Ten West? That's what everyone is talking about at this point. But let's get started. And before we do, I almost forgot, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnIllini. That's where you can follow when each podcast is going live. You can also follow some of the tweets, some of the thoughts that I have about the team. And always, you can submit your questions for our mailbag. I'll be honest, didn't get any this week. That's why I'm not doing a mailbag for today. But any questions you have, I would love to get a mailbag started for next week. So shoot me your questions there. And if you don't have Twitter, you can also shoot me an email, LockedOnIllini at gmail.com, if you have any questions that you want to submit for the Locked On Illini mailbag. But let's get into everything. The Illinois Fighting Illini beat the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors yesterday by a score of 66-53. to The leading scorers for the Fighting Illini were Kofi Coburn had 15 points. He also had a double-double in the game with also 14 boards in the contest. And then also Frazier had 13 and Georgie had 10. Those were the three leading scorers for the Illini. Was it the cleanest game? Absolutely not. This was not a clean game at all. It actually went into the halftime locker room tied up at 26, all before the Illini in the second half came out and blew the doors off the Rainbow Warriors, outscoring them 40 points to 27. And that was the main thought I wanted to talk about in this first part of the section coming out of our first part of the podcast coming out of the Hawaii game is When I was on Illini Twitter, I'm seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of people kind of have some worry about this basketball team where I've got a few of them here. Great site that I follow, writingillini.com, which if you're not, you should go follow it. Reese and his guys do a great job each and every week covering the fighting Illini in kind of blog um, reading form. Um, And on Twitter, he's phenomenal. So go ahead and give him a follow as well at writing a line IFS. And he kind of displayed a tweet where it was Eric Bruce at E Bruce one, one, two had said, thinking this team isn't as good as they think they are. They need to get serious and realize that. And Reese at writing a line. I, the writing a line, Twitter account um, quoted that and said, I know what you mean. I also feel it's inorganic. They just aren't gelling. Granted, it's early in the season, but this is the same feeling I had with this team last year. And for me, I can't say that I'm 
feeling anything different. And I mean, that's the hard thing to swallow with this Illini team right now is first off, I know we're three and one, three and one is a good record. This is probably the record we wanted to have. If you asked me at the beginning of the season, Ricky, through the first four games, what's your ideal, your realistic record? And I would say three and one with a loss to Arizona. We're exactly what we should have expected coming into this season. But I feel like Illini fans, it, the thing that's hard is it comes with, we want to be back to greatness so bad. And I feel like that's a part of it. But also, like I mentioned in the Grand Canyon, after the Grand Canyon game, when I was talking about the um, Arizona trip a weekend or two ago, and you look at other teams and you look at like a North Carolina, you look at Kentucky's a bad example because they lost to Evansville. But like you look at some of these other power five teams and it's like they're playing opponents like Grand Canyon, like Nichols, like Hawaii, and they're blowing them out of the water. Like they're up 80 to 46 and it's a no contest throughout that game. Like right now, as I'm recording the podcast, Washington is playing Maine and there's 750 left and they're winning that game 60 to 36. Like that game is not in question at all. And like you could go ahead and do this like Michigan also on Friday, they beat Charleston Southern 94 to 46 Utah state. And this is yet again, Utah state, not one of the power five conferences, they beat the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio 82 to 50. And I know some people are going to say, well, those teams are different than Hawaii. You can't take that, for example. But even like Oregon, yet again, keeping it with the Power Five, Oregon beats Texas Arlington 67 to 47. And that might not even be a great example because they're a team that, I mean, the first half they only led. UT Arlington, um, 37 to 28, but even Arizona over New Mexico state, they beat them by 30 points. And that first half they led 43 to 21. Like we have not had a game like that this season. So a lot of fans are sitting there. We're kind of worried coming up when we basically have three games that we should win against, uh, the Citadel Hampton and then Lindenwood. And then that, we get three games that are going to be tough games. We get Miami at home. We're playing them on ESPN2. Then going to, right now, number six, Maryland. That's our first Big Ten conference game. That's going to be a tough one, yet again, on ESPN2. And then we get Michigan right after that. So, I mean, I think we're worried because these te- some of these teams that we should be dominating we're just not dominating and it's worrying it's worrisome for us. However, you look at it and there's some great things for this team. Some of the play that we've seen from some of the players as of right now and one of those being Kofi were averaging a double-double. Like that is something to be proud of through these games, but I just I look at it and I feel that's why Illini Nation, me included, are kind of on shaky waters and it's funny because there's also a tweet from um, Jamaru um, Desumu. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and guess that she's related to Ayo Desumu. 
Um, she even said on Twitter, she quoted the Illinois basketball account um, after they posted their graphic that we won 66 to 53. And it was a tweet that said, starting the week off right, hashtag Illini. She quoted that and said, some of you guys just whine to be whining. It must be miserable being that miserable all the time. Last season, this team, we were one and three. This season, we're three and one. That's progress for your ASS. But I'm just going to continue to cheer slash support my babies and mind my business. And something like that, first off, that's a tweet that I'm going to be honest, maybe rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, And it's only because I'm a guy where I kind of hate fan base on fan base kind of crime where it's like, we're all one family. We're all the Illini family. We don't have to yell and scream at each other. But I mean, I look at it and it goes, yes, it's good that we're three and one at this point compared to one and three last year. However, we should be one and three at this point because of the talent that we have out there. And I mean, you look at the game and the opponents for me, it comes down to the opponents because yet again, I don't, I'm, I shouldn't say I don't want to. Yes, I want to. I'm going to play devil's advocate here of going against Desumu's tweet. And it's all about the opponents this week or this year. I should say nickel state, grand Canyon, Arizona, Hawaii. Only one of those teams was a tough opponent in our first four games last year. We played Evansville. Yes, that same Evansville's team that beat Kentucky this year. We beat them 99 to 60. And that game, let me actually see what the first half score was last year. Yeah, last year, there was a convincing win out of the gate. We were up 53 to 22 at the halftime of that. And we ended up winning 99 to 60. That was a game to get us excited. That was a game where we saw. Um, Jordan go off for 19 points. That was Aaron Jordan go off for 19 points. We saw Ayo Desumu in his first game go off for 18 points. We also saw Felice off the bench go off for, what, 16 points off the bench. So it's like that is a very different game than what we saw game one from Nickel State where we had to go to overtime to get a win against a team we should have beat like we did Evansville to start last season. But then you look at the opponents in the other three, the last three games last year of this four compared to this year, this year, our second game was against grand Canyon. Yet again, we should beat them Georgetown last year, a little bit of a tougher opponent. Then Arizona, Arizona, Gonzaga. Okay. You can say that those are about the same. Those should have been, the lost games, but Gonzaga last year, when we played them, that was a top three team. Arizona was not a top three team this year. And then that other game that we had that fourth game this year, it was the Hawaii rainbow warriors at home last year. It was Iowa state on a neutral court. We lost 84. That was a part of the uh, Maui invitational. We lost that game 
84 to 68. So, I mean, I look at that and I mean, yet again, that Maui tournament last year, we were 0-3 in that tournament. Xavier was on the fifth game if we went one more. It's just different quality of opponents. And I feel like that is why Illini Nation is nervous is because last year it was okay to be 1-3 because the opponents were tougher. This year we have more talent and teams like Hawaii, teams like Nichols, teams like Grand Canyon, we should be blowing those teams out with the talent we have and we're not. And that's why we are nervous. So that's just kind of my thoughts on the whole situation. Hopefully this team does grow as the season goes on. Let's see what the next three unveil for us. The Citadel Hampton and Lindenwood. I'm going to go into obviously the Citadel game that we're going to see later tonight, but Let's take a break. I've kind of gone longer than I should have for this segment, but let's go to a break. And when I come back, we'll take a look at the Citadel and kind of some key points for tonight's game, the Illini um, versus the Citadel. What's their their mascot? The Bulldogs. So we'll look at the Illini and the Bulldogs right after this. And welcome back into the podcast, Illini Nation. Let's look forward. uh, What's coming for Illini basketball coming out of their win against the Hawaii Warriors and we've got a game coming up tonight against the Citadel Bulldogs they're going to be coming to the State Farm Center it takes every bit of soul in me to not say Assembly Hall I'm an Assembly Hall guy so still saying State Farm Center it's kind of like I have to wait and think and go wait which one is it again but coming to the State Farm Center are the Bulldogs and they're coming in not a very, like, I'm going to say not a very good basketball team. They are 1-3. This is another example of the game that I was talking And I kind of mentioned this in the first segment of this is the Grand Canyon game. This is the Nichols game. This is the Hawaii game. This is the game where the Illini should win this game easily. If the fighting Illini go into halftide, if we go in... I'm going to say if we go into the halftime locker room, not up at least 15, I'm concerned because this is a team that I know you can never overlook any opponent, but this is a team. The next three teams actually that we're playing should be very, 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 I can't even say enough varies for how beatable they should be. And I mean, maybe that's me being a little cocky, but also it's like this is this is the game that I feel Illinois needs to show their show their dominance. The one thing they have not done this year is show their dominance. We need a game like I mentioned Michigan State had yesterday of and really when you're hearing this two days ago of winning like 96 to 46 and does it need to be that exact score no but you get what I'm talking about a 25 plus victory in this game and I know some people are going to go well Ricky a win's a win as long as we walk out with a win that's not good enough for me in this one this one needs to be a dominant win and when I look at it the reason why I say that is I look at this team and Really, the only person on the Citadel that I feel like you have to worry about is Hayden Brown. He's a 6'5 forward, more of a three guard than a um, four because he's 6'5. So 
he's their leading scorer. He's averaging about 19.7, almost 20 points per game. He's been one of their most consistent scorers, having played in three of their four games. He has scored 15, 26, and 18 with that 26 coming against Georgia. And that's the kind of benchmark that I use for this one is they played Tom Crean's Georgia Bulldogs on the road in Athens, Georgia. They played them like they played them tough. They won 95 to 86, which makes my opening statements of this segment kind of sound a little stupid, maybe um, because maybe we don't win by that 25. It's just coming off of what I said in the first segment. I feel like the Illini need a dominant win in this one from beginning to end. And in that Georgia game, he had 26. That was kind of an anomaly game though, in my mind, because although like he's going to get his shots, Brown's going to shoot about 14 shots in the game. If it's a good game, like two of his games have been, he'll make about seven or eight of them. But the difference in that Georgia game was his three point percentage. He's a guy averaging about four shots, really two or three long balls a game. And he's outside of the Georgia game. He's one of five that Georgia game. He went four of seven from the three point line. So I don't think you're going to get that most nights from Hayden Brown, but if he does more, more points to you. Plus the interior defense needs to be tough because he can also get to the charity stripe as he did in that game, having his best, attempts from the foul line where he went six of eight. So, I mean, that's more on, I'm looking more at Kofi in that interior defense of the Illini to kind of make sure they're playing clean, not getting caught in bad situations and fouling. But that's really the only score I'm afraid of. I feel like the Illini in this one, this is a team that is averaging about 31, 32 rebounds a game. This should be one where we out-rebound this team handily as their leading rebound or rebounder I should say is a guard let's see how tall he is um Harris yeah they're six three guard from Atlanta Georgia um uh Keelan Harris he's their leading rebounder at seven Kofi's obviously ours but the one Illini player I want to focus on for this game is Ayo Jasumu and the reason why is I was reading an article on writingalina.com, mentioned them earlier. Go ahead and follow them. Great stuff. And they had their three takeaways following the Hawaii game. And one of them was that Ayo DeSumo is kind of still pushing the issue still. Like he's trying a little bit too hard is what the gist I, the gist I kind of got from it were. He's trying to push the issue and, We've kind of seen two sides of Ao Desumu. We saw a good Ao Desumu game one, eight of eleven from the field, four of six from the line, twenty-one points in that game in the win over Nichols. Game against Arizona, still like although he didn't shoot well from beyond the arc, only hitting one of six, he still had a good shooting day, forty-two percent from the field, six of fourteen. Got his 15 points. The five turnovers were not ideal, but you're going to get that sometimes with AO. The other two games against Hawaii and Grand Canyon, the two games where he should be putting up more points, three of 11, four of 12. So, I mean, with AO in this one, 
I still want to see him attack the basket because he is one of the best players in the nation at attacking the basket, going in transition, finishing at the basket. I just think the big thing with Ao is he's just got to take better shots. He's got to go for the smart shot and not push the issue. It's kind of like I'm going to relate it to what's going on with the Bulls right now. What I'm seeing with Zach Levine is Ao's got the skill to take it to the bucket, but you can't push it every time. You can't do it every time. You've got other guys out there where you look at that Grand Canyon game. He had nine points, but he had six assists in that game compared to the Hawaii game where he only had nine points, but he only had three assists. So even if the shot's not falling, get other guys involved because at this point it seems like our offense is going to run through Kofi Coburn, but if a team, and I don't think the Citadel is going to be that team, but if a team figures out how to shut Kofi down, Kind of like what Arizona did. Arizona, in a sense, almost kind of shut Kofi down or didn't make him a big part of the game. That was Kofi's worst game. Yeah, I'll say shut down because he didn't have double digits and he didn't have a double-double in that game. He only nine points. So it's like all a team has to do is, yes, the personnel is important, and that goes into Arizona had great personnel out there. But if they shut down Kofi, someone else needs to pick up the slack. And I feel like AO has obviously has the potential to do it, but he just can't force the issue out there. He's got to take smart shots, let the offense come to him rather than trying to chase the offense and kind of uh, rush things and be like, well, my shot's not falling. I got to do it. I'm the leader of this team. Can't overthink it. Let the offense come to him, kind of let it flow get more people involved. Uh, but the fighting line, I should win this game. I'm hoping it's a big game. I'm hoping it's a blowout. Um, but the little grain of salt is this team did play the Georgia Bulldogs. And like I said, it was a close game, 95 to 86. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but hopefully the line, I can get it done and we could be celebrating a big win for the Fighting Illini coming out of Wednesday night. But before we go to our last break, let me tell you a little bit about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all our other offers from Lockdown Sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. Welcome back into the podcast, the Illini Nation, and let's close out the podcast moving from Illini basketball into Illini football. And the football team has a big, big, big game coming up this weekend as they will be on the road in Iowa, Iowa City to be exact to play the Iowa Hawkeyes. And right now, the Illini are only a 13% favorite to win the game. And right now, in the Las Vegas odds, Iowa is the favorite by 15.5 points. So right now, behind the eight ball, but as Lovey Smith said, we're not favored in any game that we play 
this year. Most games that we look at, we are the underdog. We are the team that most people are not going to favor in the game. And I just kind of want to give my opening thoughts because as you're listening to this, it's Wednesday. Um, Tomorrow night to go up on Thursday, I'm going to give my entire football podcast, going to be given my three keys to victory for the Illini. So stay tuned for that on Thursday. And then by that time, it's ready to go. We are right there on Friday, one day away from game day. This is going to be an 11 o'clock start on Saturday. But the thing I wanted to kind of touch on is I wanted to take a just glimpse at what Lovey had in his Monday press conference, what he had talked about about the Hawkeyes and how I feel that relates and what my opinions are. And then I kind of wanted to end this segment and then the podcast taking a look at a dream scenario of could the Illini win the Big Ten West and kind of looking at Lovey's press conference after they asked him a lot of um, things about recruiting, about the last game that we did have or the bye week um, that we had. And that number one is going to be huge for this one. Are the Illini coming off of the bye, getting a week rest before they go ahead and play um, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the big thing for me, Lovey Smith kind of hit on it. I couldn't agree with him more. The two, two of the most important things entering this game is how this team, how this offensive line is going to handle the pass rush of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then number two, how is our defense going to handle the rushing attack of the Iowa Hawkeyes as well. I know that you can never um, overlook Nate Stanley. Maybe if we stop the run, he goes ahead and beats us. But this to me early on, I think this is going to be a low scoring game where I usually don't, I'm not usually the betting man, but if I had to look at the odd where I was a 15 and a half point favorite, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, so don't take my, Um, advice here, I would almost take Illinois in the points in this one because I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think this is going to be in Iowa blows out the Illini. I think this is either going to end up with Iowa winning close or Illinois winning close. Either team can win this game, but I think whoever does, it's going to be a little bit closer than what everyone thinks it is because the reason why I say that is first off Iowa, their last four games, last four games, there are three and one in those games. The only loss coming to the Wisconsin Badgers up at camp Randall. And when you look at it, here's their points per game in all of those. They only scored 26 against Purdue. They only scored 20 against Northwestern. 22 against Wisconsin, 19, or I'm sorry, 23 against Minnesota because they got the win last week. Even if we go before that, Penn State, they only score 12 points. Michigan, they only score three. Middle Tennessee, that was one where they blew them out. They scored 48, but really except for Miami, Ohio, Rutgers, and Middle Tennessee, This team is not scoring over 30 points a game. So to me, I think that the score, like 
this plays very closely to a Wisconsin, Illinois type of game. Like if one of these teams wins, I think it's going to be like 24, 21, 24, 22, um, even like 23 to 20. Like this is going to be, I think within a three point game, I think that the winning team of this wins on a field goal. I don't think that this is going to be something where if like, if you told me Iowa wins by a touchdown, I would be shocked by that because I think this is going to be a very close game. However, Illinois is going to be the underdog. And the big thing for me, the rushing attack is important, but the big one is how's this offensive line going to hold up because Brandon Peters needs to be able to have time back there. He has to have time. And if he doesn't, and if AJ um, Apenza is able to get after him, that's going to bode problems for the Illini, obviously, because then Peters isn't going to be able to get those passes off. If you can't get the passes off, the run game is going to struggle. So, I mean, it all starts with the offensive line, how it's going to do against the pass rush. And I'm going to say I'm not optimistic with that. I am not. The other thing is the run game. And, I mean, I kind of look back to that Wisconsin game of the one thing that I heard is, oh, well, Wisconsin has the type of offense that kind of feeds into, like, it's the best matchup for a lovey defense. However, you look at Jonathan Taylor, he still had a 123, what, 132 yards in that game and a touchdown. The good thing is the Iowa running backs are not Jonathan Taylor, and they haven't been playing good as as of late. You look at Sargent. Sargent had six carries against Minnesota last week, only 18 yards. In the game against Wisconsin, four carries, 21 yards. He has not had more than six carries since the Northwestern game, and he only had... 46 yards, but he did get into the end zone. You also have Tyler Goodson, who he got the bulk of the carries in the Minnesota game, 94 yards and a touchdown. However, he's not even the leading rusher on this team. It's um, Sargent, I believe, who's the leading rusher. Yeah, Uh, 482 for Sargent, who also has about 20-plus more carries than Goodson, but Goodson still has... 436 yards on his 82. And then you look at Torin Young, who he hasn't had a run since the Wisconsin game where he had 44 yards, where that's the only way I think this rushing attack beats the fighting Illini is if they're able to use their three backs to kind of stay fresh. But I think that the Illinois defense can kind of limit this rushing attack for Iowa And if they're able to do that, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Nate Stanley to kind of force him to say, hey, you got to win the game. And as Lovey said during his press conference, it kind of feels like Nate Stanley has been at Iowa forever. And let's be honest, he has um, being the senior quarterback for them. But I feel like the game is going to come down to the quarterbacks and how they're going to do where I feel like the defense for the Illini should be able to contain. I'm not going to say shut down, contain the Iowa rushing attack. And it's all on Nate Stanley. The last two games, he's had two touchdowns. The last game, it went for a win for Minnesota against Minnesota 
game before it was a loss against Wisconsin. However, there have been games. I know we're not Michigan, but like Michigan, he went in zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Penn State, one and one. Purdue, we beat Purdue. Purdue, he didn't throw a touchdown. He only threw one interception that game. Northwestern, he only threw a touchdown in that game. So, I mean, the defenses are going to be important in this one, and I think the defenses kind of rule rule the day where it's going to be not a high-scoring event. Like I said, 24 points is, I kind of think, the high for this one. Um, But that's kind of like my early thoughts on it before I get into keys of the game tomorrow. Um, Before I let you guys go, though, I did want to mention that the hope is still alive. I was scrolling through my Twitter, and obviously I mentioned him again, um, writing a line I kind of put out because I thought these these hopes were all dead in the water um, after Minnesota um, won two weeks ago. But I guess there's a scenario where the Illini can still win the Big Ten West. First off, Illinois has to take care of business. They have to win both of their last two games against Iowa and Northwestern. That starts this weekend against Iowa. Number two, Wisconsin needs to lose to Purdue but beat Minnesota. I don't know how much that's going to happen. The third one is Minnesota has to lose their final two games, one of them being um, to Wisconsin. The other one, I think, is Northwestern. So, yet again, Illinois can only worry about doing what they have to do, but I think this, I think it's dead in the water. Yes, you can always do the dumb and dumber, so you're saying there's a chance, but I don't think there's a chance in this one. Minnesota, I think, does not lose to Northwestern. I don't think Wisconsin loses to Purdue. That means we're dead in the water, but if those two things happen, the reason why we would win is each team would be six and three. Tiebreaker one is record against tied teams. All are one and one. Tiebreaker two is divisional record, which Illinois would be four and two. Wisconsin would be four and two. Minnesota would be three and three. And then Illinois gets in with the head to head win over Wisconsin. Boy, what a game. What would that be like? If I, that's what I want you to do. Hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Illini. What would you do if the Illini pl- were in a game against Ohio State for the Big Ten title? What would you do? What would be your bet? Like, if the Illini do this, kind of like the old adage of like, if it happens, I'll shave my head kind of a thing. Like, you don't think it's going to happen. There's no way it'll happen. So I'm going to put this on the line. What would you put on the line? What would you bet that the Illini don't make the Big Ten title game? I want to hear those at Locked On Illini on Twitter. Or if you don't have Twitter, send them to Locked On Illini at gmail.com. But that is going to do it for the podcast today. I want to thank you guys for giving me a little bit of your time to talk Illini. Tomorrow, I will be back talking all football. I'm going to have three keys to victory for the Illini kind of doing one key per segment. Um, make sure, yet again, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Illini so you can keep up to date with the podcast and everything going on. Also, that's where you can ask questions for future mailbags. Also, hit me up, LockedOnIllini at gmail.com with those questions if you do not have Twitter. But yet again, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. And as always, 
Have a good day, everybody.